Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed for our podcast listeners, and it focuses on getting us into a Bible study for about 12 minutes each day. Short time, but it helps keep us focused on God's Word and also upon our spiritual well-being, also on our relationship with God. Now, these short studies can really help some people you know if you'll share them with them. There are probably some people in your life you know who need to turn their thinking around, who need to change their lives. So by sharing these short studies, again about 12 minutes each day, you can help them start to focus on their spiritual well-being. You can help get them thinking about their need for forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ and their relationship with God. You may help get them on the right path that ultimately will lead them to heaven itself. So you can make a big difference in the lives of people around you by sharing these short studies. You can share through Facebook friends, through text messages, maybe some other technological means that you have access to. So share these with your family members, your work associates, your friends, your neighbors, anybody and everybody you can, literally. It could make an eternity of difference for many people. We're going to continue our study today on baptism. We've talked about Romans chapter 6, verses 20, verse 23, where the Apostle Paul said, the wages of sin is death. Now, he's talking about spiritual death and ultimately eternal condemnation in hell. That's called the second death in the book of Revelation. The other end of the spectrum is the rest of verse 23 in Romans chapter 6. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So, two ends of the spectrum, exact opposites. One is eternal condemnation in hell. The other is eternal life in the beauties and bliss and blessedness of heaven. We know which one we want, don't we? There's no, no competition. There's no question. There's no comparison. We want to be in heaven. So how do we get rid of the sins? Jesus paid the price through his life on the cross, the shedding of his blood. Through that blood, we can be cleansed of our sins. How do we contact that cleansing power? When Ananias was sent by the Lord himself to teach Saul of Tarsus, who had been a terrible enemy of the church, Ananias said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Through baptism, we contact the blood of Christ, its cleansing power. And through that act of obedience, God forgives us of our sins and we come into Christ. We'll talk about that a little bit more later. Well, what is the mode of baptism in the scriptures? It's water. Acts 8 and verse 36. It's much water. John chapter 3 and verse 23, because it is by immersion. It is a burial in the water. Acts chapter 8 and verse 38. The word baptizo in the Greek and its form baptizma were transliterated in the King James Version as baptize and baptism. But literally what they mean is burial. They're talking about a submersion, an immersion, a burial, a plunging all the way under the water, completely covered up in that water. 
And so that's why much water is necessary. Again, John chapter 3 and verse 23. We read about the Philip taking the Ethiopian down into the water and coming up out of the water. We're talking about it being the likeness of a birth. John chapter 3 and verse 5 where Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man is born again. But also he says, not just born again, but born of the water and of the spirit. The likeness of a burial. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 3, we're buried with him in baptism. Also the likeness of a death to that old life of sin. Because now as we're buried with him in baptism, we're forgiven of our sins. We contact the cleansing power of his blood shed on the cross. Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. We're baptized into his death. We die to that old life of sin and its guilt. And it's also a resurrection. Colossians chapter 3 and verse, I'm sorry, chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12. The apostle Paul said this, buried with him in baptism, in which also you are raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. So we're buried in that, that, that grave of baptism and we're raised up out of that grave. And when we come up out of that watery grave, we're made new. We're reborn. We're cleansed of the guilt of our sins. We're a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. So what conclusion would you reach using only the Bible, only the scriptures to guide you as to how to understand what baptism is? Is it sprinkling? Is it pouring? No, it's immersion. There are different words for sprinkling and pouring in the Greek, and that's not baptizo and baptizma. Since there is only one baptism, the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 4 and verse 1, which approach would be the safest in preparing for the judgment? Why should you be baptized? What's the purpose of being baptized? Well, we've already talked about it, haven't we? maybe not gone into all of the detail, but we've basically laid it out. The purpose of baptism in the scriptures is because it saves. Mark 16 and verse 15 and 16, Jesus told the apostles to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. It puts one into the kingdom. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5, born of the water and the spirit, necessary to enter the kingdom of God. It is through baptism that we receive remission or forgiveness of our sins, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. It also, in that same verse, tells us that it's at that point that we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It results in great rejoicing. When the Ethiopian came up out of the water, having been baptized by Philip in Acts chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, he went on his way rejoicing, rejoicing. It also fulfills the commandment to be baptized. In, in John chapter 10 and verse 48, when Peter had been sent to teach Cornelius, the Roman centurion and his household, the gospel of Christ, he commanded them to be baptized. It washes away our sins. Acts chapter 2 and verse 6, chapter 22 and verse 16, arise and be baptized and wash away your sins. Now it also brings one into Christ. 
It is the only way that we are told to come into Christ. The phrase into Christ preceded by the means of coming into Christ is found only two times in the entire New Testament. Romans 6 and verse 3, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ? And Galatians 3 and verse 27, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, baptized into Christ, both times, and those are the only times that we are told how to come into Christ. We're baptized into Christ. We're raised with Christ through baptism, as we noted in Colossians 2 and verse 12. As he was raised from the dead, we're raised from being dead in our sins after having been buried with him in baptism, Romans 6 and verse 3. And this, again, puts us into Christ. There's a verse of scripture, King James Version, that is very succinct. Baptism doth also now save you or save us. 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. What conclusion then would you come to logically regarding all of these verses that teach about baptism and the purpose of baptism? Certainly the Bible teaches other things are involved in salvation. God's love, God's grace, Christ's sacrifice, the work of the Holy Spirit, the gospel message of salvation, Jesus's blood, our faith, God's mercy, our repentance and confession of faith. But all of these texts show that God designed baptism as that crossing over point from a life of condemnation due to sin to a reality of having been forgiven and saved in Christ. What a great transition. What a great transition. Who should be baptized? In Bible times, preaching about Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, that teaching preceded baptism. So baptism was obviously limited to people who could understand and learn about Jesus' death and burial and resurrection and how baptism relates to us being forgiven and saved and coming into Christ through baptism. Those who believed were penitent and gladly received the word. They were, re- they were immersed, they were baptized in the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. So somebody has to be able to believe. Somebody has to be able to repent. That is, change his mind to turn away from sin and turn to forgiveness and salvation in Jesus Christ. Those who could give evidence of their faith made a confession of Christ. In Acts chapter 8 and verse 37, the Ethiopian did that. He was asked, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. Now, all of these things are necessary. Believing, repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in Christ, making that conscious decision to surrender to him in baptism for the remission of our sins. Babies are incapable of doing any of this. 
They're even incapable of obeying the gospel message because they're babies. They're incapable of committing sins because they're babies. They have no comprehension of what sin is. They don't need to be baptized. Infants are sinless and safe. The prophet Ezekiel went through that in some detail in Ezekiel chapter 18 and verse 4 and also verse 20. And Jesus talked about the innocence of little children in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 3 and chapter 19 and verse 14. When a person becomes accountable, that is capable of understanding the difference between righteousness and unrighteousness, right and wrong, sin and righteousness, and that usually occurs somewhere around the age of puberty, then he needs to be baptized because that's when sin enters his consciousness. We're going to talk about this a little bit more next time as we bring this study to a conclusion. Baptism, how important it is for us. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for blessing us with the means to be forgiven and saved, to be reborn spiritually, to come into Christ and be right with you through baptism as we act upon our faith in repenting of our sins and confessing that faith openly in Christ as your Son, our Lord and Savior, and surrendering to him through baptism so the blood that he shed on the cross could cleanse us from the guilt of our sins and we could be reborn in him. Thank you, Father, for making the way for us to do this and to be assured of eternal salvation and life with you in heaven. Praise be to you, Father. We pray for forgiveness, Father. Please guide us in this. Please hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Christ's name, amen.